0: Hey, welcome everyone, and uh, we are glad you have joined us for this week's edition of our Together We Believe podcast. Uh, My name is Fred Schmidt, one of the pastors here at Hillcrest, and uh, we're excited today to talk with another one of our own people as we want to take what we're learning on Sunday mornings and and learn how to practically and and appropriately uh, apply that into our lives so that that as we learn and grow in our faith that we increase in our joy with Jesus. Uh, So we're going to continue this week to engage our mind and awaken our hearts to this concept, this idea of the church. So with me today, we have David Bartosik and uh, one of my longtime friends, Jeff Rao. So Jeff, thanks for being with us today. And uh, why don't you kind of open us up, just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, your family, and your connection around here at Hillcrest.
1: Sure, well, thanks, Fred and David. And um, yeah, as said, my name is Jeff Rao. Um, I am uh, a very proud parent to three wonderful children, Daniel, uh, and who's married to Allie, and they just gave us our first grandson in May. Um, my middle child, Hannah Rao, who is uh, graduated, married in May, and uh, now living in the Cincinnati area. And then our youngest, who is still at home and going to college, uh, Abby. Um, mm-hmm. I've been happily married to Jill, for who is my junior high school sweetheart. Um, And uh, for 29 years, next year will be our 30th year anniversary. And our connection here at Hillcrest, um, we started attending Hillcrest in 2005, um, following our move from southern Idaho in the middle of winter. We moved here in um, January and February of 2005 and sought out a Bible church in the area and um, have never really looked back since.
0: And kind of coincidentally, uh, we we found out that this strange guy who had moved into the duplex behind us uh, ended up being you, and uh, funny how you had been to Hillcrest already. We didn't connect there, but then connected in the backyard once the
1: rest of your family showed up to the area. Right, right, and and as as it goes, I, I came back here early because I was working for an engineering firm. Um, I had to move back here several weeks before the family. I moved out here with whatever I had could fit in the pickup truck, which was a mattress and a small TV and some (laughs) pots and pans and moved in right behind your back door there and uh, was the creepy guy out back for at least a month until the family and moving van showed up a month later. So um, that was kind of always a fun thing. And and honestly, it's uh, what a great environment that was to be able to move in Um, behind uh, what would be some of our closest friends um, both for our family as well as just our kids too as well so
2: and for those that don't know our uh, administrator is your wife so those that just maybe see her as a photo on the website or a face around here give us a story of how uh, of something that Jill would love you to tell an embarrassing story or a story uh, to help us get to know your wife as well
1: Oh yeah, you—that is just loaded right there. Um, <laughs> nothing, no, she is. Nothing she has led a perfect life. Um, no, she's she's an incredible uh, woman of God. Uh, she is truly um, our rock when it comes to keeping our family centered. And um, you know, we we've always relied on Christ as the center of our relationship, uh, even well before we were even married. And um, Yes, there are embarrassing stories, and, and I'll freely tell those at any time, but not in a recorded form, <laughs> format like this. But uh, yeah, she's she's a great asset to our family, and she's a great asset to the Hillcrest family as well. She just loves on, she loves her job, and she just loves on loving people.
0: So this week we're talking about the church, the church's family, and we're going to kind of break that down a little bit as we go along, but... What do you remember as some of your earliest experiences with with what you would have called the church at that time in your life?
1: You know, I grew up in a denominational Lutheran background. Um, my grandparents uh, were Lutheran. We were raised Lutheran. We we attended the Lutheran church um, all the way back as far as my earliest memories of Sunday school, and, and we're very... Um, uh, regular attenders uh, in the Lutheran Church. We all went through the classes and the catechism and and the confirmation and everything. And um, and you know while that was a great foundation for us, um, some of the I want to call it the liturgical side, the the structured side of a denominational church was not necessarily the best and strongest way to be planted, if you will, mm. uh, spiritually. So both Jill and I would would credit a lot of our early faith, and I, I would say this myself personally, through our camp experiences. We both attended separate church camps. Jill was also in a denominational, uh, she grew up Methodist, but so we went to competing camps that were separated by a few mountains, but it was truly in that camp environment where, it, where we were able to see that faith was more than just the stories that we would Mm -hmm. read, um, or the Vacation of Bible stuff we heard every year. We were challenged. You know, Mm -hmm. we were challenged in our faith. We were challenged to be different from those around us in in how we acted and how we held ourselves and and what we believed. And we would look forward to every year at camp that shot in the arm, if you will, of just that faith recharge. And Mm -hmm. uh, we would come back all excited, and, and that was really instrumental, I think, in really forming, the foundation of our faith, instilling that in us and um, you know, really providing us, in my mind, like I said, the, the best foundation I think we could have at that time.
0: So in the camps, you, you're, as you just said, you, you're learning more about God, it's becoming a solid foundation of your faith. If we look at church as not just the service or the building, but the people, God's people that are coming around us. What can you Can you point out a couple of those people, or the role that the church played in you coming to discover jesus and and find a personal relationship with him?
1: Sure. That actually came a little later in life, um, really into our early married years. And i I've told a lot of people this story throughout the years, but um, growing up in a denominational church, there, i don't know if it's necessarily taught or if it 's just one of those learned traits that you kind of think that your church is the only church, mm-hmm. and that the other denominational church down the uh, down the road is the cult you know and that 's ah. kind of that feeling of this is the church you 're going to be in for the rest of your life you know denominational and so when you go to a new town, you were like, Well, we just need to find the Lutheran church and mm-hmm. go to there That really um, was difficult for us because um, Jill really had to come, coming out of a more relaxed background in the, the Methodist church, she really felt there was more. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, was very stuck in my denominational background and she was very honoring of my leadership as a, in the family to say that, okay, we will go into the Lutheran church. But then God started to work some really big things in our lives and in, in our understanding of really what big church as far as outside of the church walls really meant. Um, we were involved in a Lutheran church and we really started to question more of the things like why aren't we, why aren't we looking outward more hmm. towards our community, towards those in, in our neighborhood, towards our neighbors, and, and why are we so focused on what's just inside these four walls. And we started p- pushing back on that, and, and it, it ended up in a very difficult church split. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, it was one of the probably darkest times for us, just conflict-wise, not in our marriage, but in, in just the people we're around with. When, mm-hmm. when, you're work- when you're with people who you worship with, who you have developed these relationships with, and then all of a sudden you're on these very difficult sides. And, and quite honestly, it, it came up to a church split. And I really think that, you know, through this God was really able to show us that when when we went through that split, there was one angry group that went one way, and there was one angry group that stayed Mm -hmm. behind, Mm -hmm. and we were both looking at both groups, going, "We don't want to be part of either angry group." That just was not in our our mindset at the time. It was through that that Jill and I were able to say, you know, we need to look at what's out there, and. God directed us to a very small Bible church. We were in a very, very small community, so there was not a lot of selection. and it was the first time we were in um, a Bible church. and really that opened our eyes in developing what I would ca- learn to call our church family. Uh-huh. And um, as we you know talk about going beyond what is just the four walls, yeah. you know, um, and I know that's what we're gonna get into here later, you know, talking about family, but that was really our true first experience in feeling welcome. And I can remember us going to the very first event, which was a, a fall event, and we went out, it was it was kind of a hayride, chilly kind of gathering and that type of thing. And we both got in the car afterwards and we just said, that was amazing. And mm-hmm. here was here were godly people gathering together, truly, loving on each other, um, caring about each other. We would go to church and people were bringing their Bibles, the kids were bringing their Bibles, and we're like, you know, this was just foreign to us as far as, and we had grown up in the church. And it wasn't an act of show, it wasn't an act of of anything, it was true true believers wanting to dive deeper into God's word, but then also to truly care about us as a family. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was so unique to us. So, so develop that, because I often wonder what the Apostle Paul would think of the local
2: church today um, in terms of our consumeristic mentality as Americans. You mentioned church as family, and so describe that for us. What, what does that mean when Jeff uses the language that the church is and acts
1: as a family? Right. A lot of churches today, and we all can be guilty of this at different times, are, can be very program-centered. We want, to, we want to be that one-stop Denny's, all you, you mm. know, you open up the menu and there's mm. six pages of menu and you get everything from Mexican food to Chinese food to pancakes and waffles. And I think sometimes as a church, we, we try to provide... <laughs> what restaurants are you going to? Denny's, have <laughs> you been to Denny's? <laughs> so, so, you know, sometimes I think we, we think like, you know, if we can just offer everything to everybody then we can get them in the door.
2: This church down here is the best teaching. This church down here has the best worship. This church down here has the best kids program. And we're just trying to determine uh, which one fits our needs the best. And yet again, I go, you're describing something else about the way you describe church as
1: family. Right, right. I mean, we did not started attending Hillcrest because it had the best programs. Mm -hmm. We didn't go there because they had the best children's wing or we don't, we don't have a children's (laughs) wing, but you know, didn't have the most uh, fanciest sanctuary or, you know, was trendy. It didn't have a coffee bar. We don't drink coffee anyways, but I mean, you know, those type of things, not, not that those are necessarily bad. It's just, we started attending Hillcrest because we had, had come out of that experience in southern Idaho, seeing what a non-denominational Bible-believing church um, did and focused on. And we knew that the focus on there was, you know, coming together as a family, as um, a collective group of people with the same objective, which is to treat each other well as family and love on Mm -hmm. each other and help each other to the low times, celebrate through the high times, and um, and challenge each other mm-hmm. as well. And and we knew, we saw right away that this was a home that could we could raise our family and kids in a loving Christian environment. Mm-hmm. It is the secret sauce at Hillcrest that I
2: love. There's an authenticity that just permeates this church family. What's one story for you, Jeff, that epitomizes that, that, that there was a part of serving and loving others in this church uh, family and just doing life with sure. this church family? So one of
1: the things that that we have put a high priority on is developing what I call deep, long-term relationships with families. Um, and this doesn't mean that you develop deep, long-term relationships with all families because it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. But you know, one of the things that we have done, we have several families that our families, are, are, our families are close. Our parent, the, the, the adults are close. The children are close and and it has you know we joke around about it being communal at times you know like you know it's a commune or something and it's not it's it's truly we we ache when there are pains in their families Mm -hmm. in these other families we celebrate when kids get married, you know, when we have weddings. And it is a unique environment. And and it really became apparent when, when Hannah got married in May, we had these families surrounding us and they were around doing everything and, and my, my mom and I were sitting there talking and she goes, you know, your your daughter's getting married and you're sitting here just chatting, you know, with us and and she's gonna get married in like four hours. You're just chatting with her and your friends are just running around doing all mm. of these tasks and work and you're not worried. And I said, well, this is how rich we are in a loving Christ-centered relationship that we have with these people. Now, it doesn't happen um, just automatically. I mean, we have had to foster those relationships. We have had to remind each other at times that we need to get together Hmm. and we need to do stuff. And it doesn't mean also that that's only the people we ever interact with but there are certain people I know that crises come out of nowhere and children may go wayward and and those are those times where you make a phone call and I know that there will be um, five to ten friends Mm -hmm. in our living room that evening surrounding us praying for us and and literally lifting Mm -hmm. us up Um, through that and so I mean and 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 while I talk about the bad times because those are the ones you remember It's the joyful times. It's the weddings. It's the the births. It's the graduations. It's Mm -hmm. and and when you've moved away from your Family your your biologic family or what do they call it your extended families? You know our families are out in Idaho. It's very difficult. They're a long ways away But when you've moved away from there um, It was imperative that we built that network that you could surround us and help us, you know, in those times. I mean, my kids call some of uh, their friends' kids, their friends' grandmas, as grandma. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just say... And talking
2: about this brings emotion. I mean, I feel like absolutely. there's an emotion oh. attached. Where's that emotion come from? Because people can't see your eyes. Fred and I get to look well, and hear you tell that, the story. Where's that, that, that emotion
1: was, come from? That was, that was just a... That was, um, you know you something, had something in, the in your air. eye. Yeah, there was something. Yeah. In, no, okay. no, there there is some emotion because you know those are the things that you know. Quite honestly, you know life can be life can be difficult. A common thing that you say to your kids when they're growing up says, "No matter what, you're always family." Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to be doing the same thing with those around us in in church. I mean, that is, no matter what, you're family. What we tend, what what the world tells us is, you know what you messed up, we need to distance ourselves from you. That's what Facebook would tell you to do, you know, everything, because no one's going to jump on, you know, your bandwagon and defend you in that situation. Whereas, you know, we're told to surround each other, to love on each other. Doesn't mean that it's a carte blanche to do anything, but I expect I expect Fred to correct me. If I, if I go wayward and he sees something in my life, I do expect him to be coming to my... Office or calling me on the phone and saying, "Jeff, you need to, we need to talk," mm-hmm. you know. And I can usually tell when when Jill has talked to Fred, <laughs> if, if 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 it's like if there's a bad day or a bad week or something like that, you know. And I'll talk to Jill and everything like this. And then like the next day, I'll like get a text from Fred, you know, said, "Hey, you want to go out to lunch?" I'm like, "Jill's been talking to Fred," again. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I, we joke it's around. It's of love. Exactly. We joke around about yeah. that. And the only reason I joke around, and, and you know I joke around about those things, mm-hmm. but I, I, I love it because I know that's exactly what is on Fred's heart. Fred's mm-hmm. heart is, you know, my brother Jeff is hurting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do
1: you prevent the church from becoming a
2: holy huddle? I mean, as much as I hear you talking. Correct. Like you said, you joke about it being a compound, but, but the thing about a compound is we are keeping our elbows sharp and keeping others out. How do? You, and yet the church is intended to be the most inclusive and greatest community on this planet, not without pain is what I hear you right. saying, and yet right. it's also incredibly inclusive through the cross and blood of Jesus. It, How, how's that tie in to prevent the church from being yeah. a holy huddle?
1: It is and it isn't. I mean, it's like saying, okay, going back to the family analogy, you know, you're still this maybe, your immediate, family is this, you know, is this group of people on Thanksgiving. And those are your family. You love them and everything like that. But you also turn around and welcome all sorts of people into your house for Thanksgiving, not because you love your house just packed to the brim, but because you want to love on those people. Okay. And it's the same way in our church. I think, you know, we must take care of those that are in our church body, but those are not our only focus. You know, raising my kids, has not, and, and Jill and I, you know, we will say this along, is very important, but it has not been our one and only goal in life. You know, that's mm-hmm. only been one of our tasks that we've been asked to do. Um, we, in turn, have also been asked to help raise the kids around us, mm-hmm. to be salt and light to our neighbors, um, to be salt and light to the people at work. I've had individuals throughout my professional career. Where they just they feel like you're someone you can they can come and talk to, and it's at those opportunities where you can truly be hmm. someone to them at that time. And and kind of I always used to say, well, God opens those doors, and we have to then make that decision of whether or not we walk through it at the time. Hmm. But you're exactly right, David. You know we can we can be a church. You know our denominational church growing up, I always felt was very inward focused. We wanna we, we're focused on the budget. We need a sermon every Sunday, not more than 15 minutes. It's mm-hmm. Lutheran, remember? You know, we can take our kids to Sunday school. And, Some and at Hillcrest
2: might prefer that as well from time to time, right, Jeff. Right. There's well, a high Yes, yes exactly.
1: Um, growing up in Denominational, I felt very focused towards just inward, inward thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jill and I have been able to visit Honduras. You know, Honduras mm-hmm. has been an incredible gift for our family. Um, those are truly brothers and sisters that... I feel just as close to the people I've known for 20 years that now I've only known for six years mm-hmm. and um, you know you go down to Honduras and you see this group of people who are who are sold out to Christ they're sold out to loving each other. the love that they share for each other, the love that they share for us is is just unbelievable and the only way you can explain that is through this model of... Of a Christian family.
0: Such great evidence for the, the power of, of that common relationship in Christ that even across geographical and language barriers and, and, and cultural barriers, all these different things, that common connection in Christ bridges all of that.
1: Bridges everything easily. Yeah. Yeah. We want to have people experience that when we come through our doors. Mm. It's great to have a wonderful lobby. It'll be wonderful to have a great new sanctuary and, and, and everything like that. But that's not why we do what we do. Mm. We have seen a lot of lives changed in this dumpy building that has been here for 30 years, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, Commonly
0: mistaken for a funeral home. Commonly mistaken for a funeral home
1: because it was designed to be sold as a funeral home eventually. Uh, (laughs) There's been a lot of lives impacted Mm -hmm. and changed through using just what God has given us, not because of the building, not because of it really is the the investment that people are willing to make in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. This is the church we embrace. Brokenness,
2: flaws, warts, challenges, and all. And this is God's vehicle for displaying His glory to the world through knuckleheads like <laughs> Jeff, Fred, and all of us that call Hillcrest home and continue to follow Jesus, build community, and seek transformation here. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the time, man. Love it.
1: Any last yeah. thoughts as we part ways? No, I, I uh, you know, you probably can hear in the background David eating one piece of candy after another. I know. I'm uh, on completely. two Tootsie Rolls. Completely ruining his, uh, his dinner for the evening and stuff like that. So Casey, if you're listening to this, that's why he has no appetite tonight. But no, you know, we, we love we love our church. Um, we go through seasons of how much we love and don't love our families, both our church families and our home families. And um, the, the one constant through everything is we are family. Mm-hmm. And um, when you walk through these doors, I hope people feel that. And I hope people want that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about our friend group, people will say, we want that. They don't realize that it's just as much work as anything else. And so we, hopefully we can teach and lead people to mm. feel the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jeff, for being with us. I, I love just you sharing your heart for people, sharing your heart for your, your church family and friends around here and, uh, and, and wanting to draw others into that. And uh, so thank you for sharing your heart. And thank you to all of you who have tuned in to listen. And uh, we hope that you will go to your Apple podcast, your Google Play, wherever you're picking this up and hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode as we continue to uh, engage our minds and awaken our hearts week after week, uh, making what we're learning on Sunday practical in our lives.